0: to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb
1: Bashaw. Hi, good afternoon. This is Jeb Bashaw with the Texan's View of the World. This is my podcast, and I'm delighted to have in studio today a dear, dear friend of mine, Tim Taylor. Tim and I went to the University of Houston together. We've been friends for, sadly, over 40 years. Delighted to have him. Tim is the general manager of Pizzatolo's Barbecue here in town, iconic barbecue location on Shepherd. and I wanted to have Tim come in and talk a little bit about what's been going on in the restaurant business, because with what's going on through COVID, I know it's been a challenging time. Tim, welcome. How are you, Jeb? I'm doing great. Great. Uh, tell me about where you're from and kind of how you got here.
0: I was born on the bayou, New Orleans, <laughs> Louisiana, and in typical New Orleans fashion, one never leaves... <laughs> the confines of uh, the underwater bowl. Uh, But actually I came to Houston one uh, weekend on a business trip with my dad and I looked around and I had never seen anything so amazing before. Uh, We had traveled, but I'd never seen, I felt as though I was uh, living in the Jetsons, all these shiny tall buildings and uh, of course, we were on the corner of Post Oak and San Philippi. I didn't realize there were other parts of Houston. But uh, it, it was it was uh, an eye-opening experience, and I said, I've got to get here as quickly as I can. And within three months, I was enrolled at the University of Houston, wow. uh, studying hotel restaurant management. Uh, I saw the underbelly of Houston when I uh, got in the car and drove myself here and realized that I was on the corner of Scott Nelgin as opposed to (laughs) Post Oak and San (laughs) Philippi. Uh, So it was a little different. Uh, uh, Met phenomenal lifelong friends such as yourself, Uh, guys and girls that I've known for over 40 years that have been a major part of my life, Uh, including one in particular that I met at the University of Houston who uh, has been my wife for 37 years. And uh, because we had met in Houston and gone to school in Houston, neither one of us were from Houston, uh, but we opted to make this our home and raise our family, which we've done.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Miss Stacy is one of my favorite people. Yeah. <clears throat> as you know, I had my first freshman year date with her when she was a senior, I think at the Chi casual or something. And um, uh, I know she did a lot better marrying you, so I'm proud right. of her. And yeah. you have a beautiful family and, and now yeah. grandchildren, right?
0: Uh, one and a half, as we say. We have a two year old granddaughter right. and a grandson due in November, fin. which we just found out about last week.
1: How exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. It, I think that says a lot about Houston. Obviously, Sesa, uh, I guess, had grown up in Kentucky?
0: Correct. Kentucky, Connecticut. Came down here to play tennis, mm-hmm. and uh, both of us uh, got here by a default or luck, one <laughs> one or the other. And uh, one, one of the things that was so amazing about the city is uh, both she and I had come from old, established uh, southern towns where... Uh, your past was much more important than your future. And although we were lucky enough to grow up sort of similarly, I think what excited us both about Houston and Texas in general, but mostly Houston, was that uh, Houston was always w- concerned about what you could do tomorrow and not what you did yesterday. Well. And that, that philosophy really rang true with the both of us. I, w- I wouldn't go anywhere else because of that.
1: As a native, I agree with you. It, it is truly a place where you can come and make cut your own cloth and and make your own way in the world. It's not what your dad did or your grandfather That's did.
0: Right. And, and not only that, if you cut. The wrong pattern today, but you found it tomorrow. No one's going to hold that against you.
1: Absolutely, so, absolutely. I well, think, I
0: think that goes a lot towards like the, the the mentality of the the wildcatter of you know we're going to put it all on the line and you know. hope we do okay. And if we don't, we'll try it again tomorrow. And true, Glenn McCarthy, you, that's if if exactly you, right. If, if you guys liked me tomorrow, yesterday, I hope you like me tomorrow. You know, that's, that's sort of how it is. Well
1: said. Uh, well, as you said, you went to H R M School at the University yeah. of Houston, which is one of the top schools in the country, and came out and. You, uh, i think uh, i think we help make it one of yeah the well, absolutely. Of that. absolutely well i will brag about my friend tim I, it seemed like everywhere you've gone you've had success and yeah. i was thinking about that on the drive over here whether it was um uh, working with polo or working yeah uh, no uh, matter where or having your own deal and now of course you're at Pizzatolas and been an interesting uh, year, last year and a half for you particularly, <laughs> and uh, and the restaurant business in general. But talk about, a little bit about Pizzatolas. Give us the history. Sure, and then...
0: I love to. I love to talk about Pizzatolas. We are the oldest continuing serving barbecue in the city of Houston. Depending on the list, we are either the number two or the number three oldest restaurant in continually serving in the city. And it depends on whether they uh, classify Guido's as Houston or Galveston, because at one time Guido's did have a Houston outpost. So depending on who writes the list, uh, begun originally in 1935. Uh, it, it's had several uh, name changes over the years, uh, but it has been Pisatolas Barbecue uh, since 1984, I think. So we've had the name a long time been in its current location since 1958. Uh, It's only the second location. The first location was torn down to uh, build I-10. So we are extremely iconic. It is gratifying to be associated with something iconic and to be uh, associated with something in a city that really, just until recently, has begun to embrace its history. As we said, I come from New Orleans where you know everything is tarnished and old, and in this city everything's shiny and new. So it's 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 nice to uh, be uh, a caretaker, and that's all we are—caretakers. Everyone who's been involved in the place, uh, is nothing more than a caretaker.
1: Fantastic. Well, it's it's like old home week when you walk in there, you see families and. I forgot to mention that Tim went to New Orleans Jesuit, and because we're always about Jesuit, but you have to serve a lot of those St. Thomas guys over there. Well, you know. So I know uh, you have to speak slowly and, you know, uh, try not to use big words when you're talking to them.
0: (laughs) I will. Uh, you know, we, I'm, kidding. You know no, 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 I'm kidding. No, no, I love nice my St. Thomas this. Eagle, buddies You know, both. Uh, I think anyone who goes to a Jesuit school uh, remembers that day when they get inoculated with that big vial of arrogance. <laughs> and uh, I certainly still have residue all these years later. Uh, you know, St. Thomas. Uh, obviously, Jesuit is a phenomenal place. Uh, St. Thomas has been great. Uh, both of my boys were educated there. And, and have done very uh, well and have done both have done remarkably well uh uh and and we are sort of the uh, you know when when you're in a big city like this uh it's it's very difficult to have allegiances uh but we're fortunate enough i think because of geography we're located about th- five blocks away from saint thomas maybe six uh that that we we are the the saint thomas watering hole uh jerry Pizzatola. Uh, had a, uh, a, very storied career at, uh, St. Thomas, uh, both as an athlete and as a student, uh, his father spent time at St. Thomas, uh, both, uh, one of his sons, one of his sons graduated from Jesuit, but one from St. Thomas, uh, his, uh, grandson, his son-in-law, uh, you know, so, so, uh, St. Thomas has educated a lot of people associated with it. Uh, we are their uh, uh, go-to spot. Uh, but also when you think about St. Thomas, you have uh, the goods. Sure. Uh, you've got uh, Greg Gatlin. Mm-hmm. Have Gatlin's barbecue. Uh, and that's just off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, St. Thomas has done a lot to educate uh, the restaurant community in the city. When you think of all the mandolas and the carabas, sure, absolutely. Uh, no, no, it's. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm it's just it's gonna, always terrible. I'm just going to stop there, yeah. you know. But but it's if always they, terrible
1: when one of those guys dies. You can't get a good meal in You tail. can't I mean, eat for three days. Everybody's in. Everyone's morning. there saying the rosary. You know. <laughs> John uh, John Marion and I talked about that very issue. Well, hey, let's talk about uh, specifically what's been going on. Uh, COVID was tough, you know. Yeah, the uh, terrible. We, we closed the market, you know. We closed the economy down. We opened it up. We closed it down. You got to wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Um, what, what's going on now? And how are y'all? Uh, real,
0: how- real easy. We have been at capacity now. Uh, well, we opened up full capacity when when the governor said we could, which was maybe six weeks ago, possibly. But since uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated, we have been on a wait. At lunch for the last eight or nine days. Fantastic. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that feels good. Feels good in the register. Feels good in your heart. Uh, Feels good to the customers who are uh, high-fiving each other and slapping guys on the back, taking guys back out to lunch. Corporate catering is starting to not roaring back to life it's it's but it's it's crawling back to life
1: and i guess uh, that's because most i mean i don't think a lot of these offices or buildings are back to 100 percent. so that's well a-
0: i tell you know yesterday uh and today and tomorrow we're feeding very very large crowds of people, uh, and and we're being told this is the first time we have our our monthly employee meeting in mm-hmm. a year so i'm You know, we're feeding them all lunch. It's 100 people, or 125 people, things like that. So we're starting to see that come back. Uh, People are anxious. We no longer have uh, signs up that say mask recommended or mask required uh, with our staff. uh, If they are fully vaccinated, which all but two of our staff are fully vaccinated, and uh, those two have opted not to get the vaccination, and that's, I guess, their prerogative but, uh, but uh, they're required to wear a mask okay. because they have chosen not to get vaccinated. But uh, if my employees want to wear a mask, they're welcome to. If they don't want to, they don't have to. Same thing for our customers. Uh, and
1: uh, they're enjoying the freedom. Sure. quite frankly yeah absolutely well tell me uh talk about employees what's going on with employees i keep hearing from my friends in the restaurant business it's very difficult and challenging to find employees is that are y'all finding that or do y'all have uh, no, your it's, own crew? it's horrible
0: really? it's horrible uh we actually attempted to expand our staff during covid because we took the philosophy of how do you make lemonade out of lemons and we took the opportunity to develop new dishes for when covid I'm saying COVID's over for when yeah. COVID is over. Uh, new menus, new, new plating techniques, uh, tweaking recipes, cooking techniques. So in order to do that, I thought it was better that we bring some people in uh, if we could find them. Mm. And it's been terribly, terribly difficult, especially uh, the employees that want to work know their value right now. Good. And so you've had to do a little bartering and a little backroom dealing uh, to get the employees that you want. So we went out on a limb, made the investment for the long haul because we know we're going to be there for the long haul. But it's extremely difficult. Now, possibly with uh, Governor Abbott's ruling uh, a couple of days ago uh, to stop the unemployment benefits, since uh, over 70% of the jobs are in the $15 sure. an hour range that are being offered, uh, uh, he, you know, he, stop those payments so i think now you're going to start seeing some people go oh, i do have to go to work right, sure and uh we won't be as generous
1: the next round
0: the next round sure plain and simple well it's just
1: part of business i mean you're going to make that's a living right. too there's no um that's correct so you're not running a soup kitchen you're running a you know for-profit business so um talk, talk about what y'all did um Obviously, the ribs are the highlight, but sure. I mean, I know you had to be doing a lot of takeout stuff. And, and you just reminded me, any chance you could ever bring back those uh, chips and um, that you had at your <laughs> <each> other place? <laughs> I mean, you those, know, those uh, are like a meal. They uh, are for, a for, meal. For, they t- are. Tell me about what we're talking about uh, so they know. We're talking about something that was called
0: blue chips. Uh, we used to make homemade uh, potato chips, which is not easy. Uh, it's a pretty long process, but we did that. And we would mound them uh, in a pretty big mound. Uh, And throughout the mound, about every quarter inch or so, we would have hot uh, homemade uh, blue cheese sauce or blue Mm. cheese dressing or something like that, and uh, crumbled (laughs) bacon. And this would just layer up. Uh, It was salty. It was savory. It was crunchy. (laughs) uh, Heart healthy. (laughs) (laughs) locale Uh, but yeah, we did those were, uh, we do those at home and every now and then we do them for people who will call me and say, you know, I have to have these, we're having a party (laughs) or something like that. Um, during, during COVID again, like I said, we took the time to, to tweak everything we took and respect. And what that means is set the specifications for each raw item. That we purchased and looked at it and said, was it the best product that we could purchase? Because when we come out of this, uh, everybody is going to be clamoring for the same customer dollar. Right. And if you think that you can operate as you used to operate and be successful, you're wrong. Right. You, 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 people were forgiving for a while, but they're not going to be forgiving forever. So we respect every product that we had, uh, from our ribs to our brisket to our chicken, uh, everything. And where we felt it necessary, we increased the the quality of the raw product. We increased the the quality of the ingredients that went into particular recipes. uh, Did away with anything that we were purchasing that was not made in-house and became as pure as we could. Uh, That's made a dramatic difference. In the product that we put on the plate, uh, it's being written about because of that. Uh, sales are up considerably. Customers are commenting on it. So uh, although it was a costly decision, it's always scary to spend more money when you're losing money. Sure. But we did, uh, uh, and it's already begun to pay off.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. How many employees do you all have uh, on a, on the floor in you know, average day? Fifteen.
0: We have 15 employees on the payroll. Okay. And how many
1: in the back of the house and how many are in the front? Uh,
0: on any given day, on a good day in the back of the house, there might be five mm-hmm. uh, and three or four, maybe five on, the, on in the front of the house.
1: And what are those? Because uh, obviously your pit is, it, that's what drives the whole process. That's correct. What time does that process start for you all?
0: Uh, not as early as you would think. Uh, it starts at about six or six 30 in the morning some places will start it at two in the morning some some places started at nine o'clock at night and it runs all night uh we start ours early in the morning our our pits are different they're unique they're the only ones like them in the city uh no one else can build them they're grandfathered in they're illegal uh <laughs> But Great being to know. from Louisiana, you know, <laughs> and they were Good thing, yeah. <laughs> um, so they cook at a, at a at a much more intense high heat. So the cooking process is shorter. Uh, so if we start cooking at six thirty-seven in the morning, th- those ribs and those chickens and such are off the pit at ten in the morning. Right. Uh, our briskets come off the pit uh, by nine o'clock at night and they're just held until the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're held in, in warming drawers, mm. basically, and, and just finish their process a little well,
1: bit. Fantastic. Well, you guys have obviously been on the front edge of that, and, um, I, you know, I, I grew up when I, I came. I think we used to go to that barbecue place on the corner of uh, Bissonnet and um, uh, rice, which wasn't that great, but uh, certainly it was that cellar door. No, there, no, no, it was called rice. it was called the Hickory Pit, and it was, oh, okay. uh, oh the little corner, yeah. And little, it was green, really, like, uh, I think, thing. I think about that now, and I think it's kind of like Mexican food, you know. We thought Felix's yeah. was the uh, end well, all be all, and the world's right. changed, and of course, the barbecue business changed. And you mentioned a couple of your competitors, I mean, clearly. Uh, I think, of course, to me, Houston's the center of the universe for barbecue, but it's changed. I mean, you it's, the palates it, have changed. It seems like folks demand higher quality. Like you said, it's not that junk meat that was served in the 60s and 70s.
0: Well, a couple of things happened. One is I, I think that uh, Food Network uh, became the master class for the majority of people. Who, who knew what arugula was before mm-hmm. – Food Network. Who knew what any of this stuff mm-hmm. was? So I think that that, that started peaking people's interest. Uh, when I moved to Houston in 1978, uh, you know, if you were really lucky, you went to Maxime's. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> If it was a second date, you went to Capans, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it was a sunny third looks, date, you looks. know, <laughs> sunny looks, uh, cellar door, the stables. I mean, you know, I'm naming places that right. no longer exist. Sure. Uh, and that was what was, yeah. you know, fine for, dining, for fine dining. So with I all do miss the-
1: that cheese at, um, at, uh, <laughs> at, uh, who's uh, the stables? That the place stables. Was great. You, Yeah. the stables. <laughs> Uh,
0: or Captain, Benny's. Captain uh, Benny's. So I mean, you know, we've all we've all sort of matured. Our palates have matured.
1: Um, I think clients are much more sophisticated. I, I and so. maybe the you competition's know, more. Well, sophisticated. barbecue
0: came was a was a good old boy staple. Mm. Uh, to now, it became a little sophisticated. You know, you look at the majority of, of if you want to use the word craft barbecue people are now making their own sausage. We're grinding our own meat, making sausage, uh, doing all sorts of things that that 20 years ago you would have never dreamt of doing. Uh, Now, it's a blessing and a curse because we've been around so long that you can't make wholesale changes because – You know, you dance with the girl who brung you, but you always have to be innovating or your customer base dies off. Correct. So, you know, I call it the blessing and the curse. So we're walking a fine line between the two right now.
1: Good. Well, you're doing a great job. Thanks for coming in today. Tell everybody where you're located. And if you have anything you want to share, I don't know that, I don't even know that a lot of folks know. You've catered businesses, I mean, catered for me, but talk a little bit about the catering business and what you can do for what sizes you like to, to work with.
0: First off, we're at uh, 1703 Shepherd, which is the block just south of I-10 on Shepherd. It's not North Shepherd or Sh- South Shepherd. There's a little bitty stretch of Shepherd <laughs> between the Bayou and I-10, which is just known as Shepherd Drive, <laughs> and that's where we are. If you try to Google it, they're going to send you somewhere else uh, because Google doesn't know uh, that that that's just plain old Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> We are. Uh, I, I think the biggest compliment that we've been paid is that we're just we just look like some old roadhouse on a on an old dirt farm to market road somewhere, and that's great. Uh, it is a see and seen place. It is the only barbecue in the city of Houston where you can go and a waitress is going to take your order and serve you, and you're going to get a starched linen napkin, and you're going to be surrounded by. Uh, people who are CEOs of major companies and people who drove their farm truck up or people <laughs> who, you know, we we go from people who have their own name on their shirt to people who have designer names sure. on their shirt. <laughs> uh, we do do a, a lot of catering. Catering has had up until COVID had been our bread and butter. We were, uh, I, I would say about 70% of our business was primarily corporate catering, oh, to wow. downtown offices, Galleria area. Uh, social catering uh, was always driven by someone who had had it in their office or a customer that had been eating there. A uh, lot of, a lot of, uh, we did your daughter's rehearsal dinner. Right. Uh, we're still booking those. All that went away with COVID, but it is starting to come back. Uh, but catering is a very big chunk of our business. But, it is, it, it, it's trying to come back. So right mm-hmm. now what's driving us is our dining room and our loyal customers who are still coming to pick up things to take to their
1: house. You've got an online? Where do, where do people do. find we, you online?
0: We, my goodness, we have online ordering. It's something mm-hmm. I thought we'd never see uh, where people actually go online and order and pay.
1: And what's, uh, what's the website? Where do they go?
0: Uh, they go to PizzatolasBBQ.com. Got it, visitosbbq.com. Perfect. And, uh, or Google us. And uh, we are not a pizza parlor. We're not a <laughs> pasta house. We've heard all that before. Uh, <laughs> just an old-fashioned barbecue joint.
1: Named after an Italian guy that played played an, football an, at, uh, at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, so that's, that's exactly right. And well, had
0: an offer to play baseball at Notre Dame.
1: Absolutely. Well, Tim, thanks for being here today. Thanks, um, delighted to have you here. Glad your family's doing so well. You look good. Uh, Trying to be. The COVID beard. I don't know how long that'll I, last. I, that was I, a COVID beard. That's exactly. I, I remember you being clean shaven our entire I, I life. I was, and I started wearing a mask,
0: and, I, I, and one lazy day rolled into another. Uh, it, it seemed to have been a... Uh, a trend of a certain age guy during COVID mm-hmm. that we all tried something that we never <laughs> tried before. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last, but it is there right now.
1: Well, you look great. Thanks, uh, my name is Jeb Bashaw. This is my podcast, A Texans View of the World. Uh, we had our guest today, Tim Taylor with Pizzatolas. I hope you'll uh, frequent Pizzatolas on Shepherd and uh, and as the economy continues to recover, that you go out and support local and particularly support my dear friend Tim Taylor and Pizzatolas. Have a great day. Thank you.